What's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the Hamilton Trained Podcast. If you're new here, welcome to the show. My name is Jared Hamilton. It's a pleasure chilling with you today. Um, fair warning, I might sneeze. <laughs> I feel a sneeze floating around up in my nasal cavity, and uh, it might come out. And if it does, we're just going to keep rolling because that's how I roll. So thank you so much for being here. Got a really cool episode to talk to you about today. But before we get into it, uh, a couple pieces of housekeeping. Number one, again, thank you for being here. Number two is big thank you to my official sponsor, the uh, Flex Pro Meals. For those of you guys who don't know, um, I work and I decided have I decided to partner with Flex Pro Meals. It's basically a meal prep service because your boy is busy as fuck, and I want food that works for my goals that doesn't taste like ass. So that's uh, why I decided to partner with these guys. Their food has been like I literally just finished eating a meal. And, uh, it's, it's, they're literally selling convenience while still being in line with your fitness goals while tasting amazing. Cause that's the thing is guys, there's a bunch of meal preps companies out there, but the issue is they're either ridiculously expensive, uh, where most people can't afford them or they are, uh, just chicken, rice and broccoli and they still just taste like boring ass food. Um, but flex pro makes some really amazing food. Like honestly, and it's not just like boring chicken, rice and broccoli. Like I just had jerk chicken or I just the other day had like a, like a, a fresco macaroni and like, a fre- I think what was it called? It was a, it was like a fresco mac and cheese burger or something. It was just fucking delicious. Or they got weird, like these crazy garlicky mashed potato, Italian, uh, chicken and steak meals. Like they're, they're just amazing guys. They're just, and I'm a food guy. Like I don't want to taste food that tastes like ass. So, uh, it's just, it's good. And they have all the macro and calorie like numbers on them. So it just eat, makes it easy. So instead of me having to go run through Taco Bell or something like that, uh, it just, it works better for my goals, my convenience and taste and all of it. So if you guys or into that sort of thing, no pressure either way. Um, if that is up your alley though, you can use my promo code Hamilton trained, um, at checkout and it'll save you some money. Um, and it gives your boy a kickback, just full disclosure. But anyway, that's the first thing. The second thing is here very soon. I don't have a date yet. I will be coming out with a brand new project. Okay. Very in line with the kind of content I've been putting out. So like you guys have been seeing me talk, like I launched the psychology of fat loss mentorship. Well, the thing is, and that, that's going great. The issue is uh, it only opens twice a year, right? The applications are only open twice a year to be accepted, to be part of the psychology of fat loss mentorship. And we've got like another, like, <laughs> I don't know, five months to go. So I have something that I've been, I'm working on that I can, uh, that, that for you guys that didn't make it into the mentorship for whatever reasons that can help a lot. Um, it's not quite on the level of a mentorship, but it is something that you can get and utilize right now that will help. So that will be coming out in the near future, just to give you some heads up. Now let's get into today's episode. Now, the biggest thing with today's episode is I want to talk to you about food relationships, food relationships, one Oh one, because here's the reality. Why, why, hang on. First of all, why are food relationships so important? Here's the thing. Imagine this. Are you going to have a happy? Be, are you going to have a happy household if you and your pa- partner, whether you know your your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your uh, or if you're at home living with your parents, whatever, whoever you live with, if you have a horrendous relationship with them, do you expect to have a happy household? Of course not. If you and your fucking mom are at each other's throats and you're expecting to have a happy household, it's not going to work. If you got baggage in your relationship that's not mended it's going to cause issues. If you and your, 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 your spouse or partner or whatever are fighting left and right, like it's not going to be a happy household. 
right? Especially if it's consistent. Like there's some, there's, you know, we all go through stuff comes up, but if you're consistently having a relationship with your partner, like you have with your food, no wonder like you hate going home or you hate, you know, so to speak, hate going home or hate the household you live in. You know what I mean? And that's why it makes dieting hard, right? If you, it's no wonder that dieting sucks and it's hard to, to stay on track and to be consistent when your food relationships are just terrible. So I want to talk to you about how to fix your food relationships, but specifically this, Food relationships are like relationships with people. Okay. Um, actually, I actually did make, where'd my pen go? I actually did make uh, a few notes with this podcast, which is something I don't normally do. And I just thought of one more um, thing I wanted to add. Um, okay, cool. So, sorry, I was just adding onto my notes. But you have to understand this food relationships are like people relationships. It's interesting. For example, someone like uh, will start working with me and they, their main goal is to stop binge eating and emotional eating and fix their relationships with food. And I'm like, dope, because that's like my, my that's, that's, <laughs> that's my area, right? That's my, that's my specialty. But then it's like two weeks in and, they're, and someone's like, well, I feel like I should be further along right now. And I word it like this. I said, let me ask you something. If your mom left you when you were a little kid and they came back as an adult and they're like, I want to get in your life now. And you're like, there's baggage there. Would you be back to normal in two weeks? And they go, Oh, of course not. I'm like, exactly. So if you have baggage in your food relationships in the same manner as if you had baggage from your childhood, you're not going to just in two weeks, snap out of it and be back to normal. So food relationships, just like people relationships take time and you can't rush them. Okay. Some people have their food relationships fixed quickly. Some take a lot longer. Why? I don't know. Maybe the level of baggage that goes with it, right? If, you know, just like if you've been, you know, if you've had one level of trauma as a child and someone else has another level of trauma as a child, you're going to take longer to heal through that. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people's belief systems and stuff in, in baggage around food sometimes is small, sometimes is big, sometimes is more severe, sometimes is less severe. So for example, if I, for example, I, I have some people I work with who, um, you know, they're, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but I've, I've heard a lot of stories with how you know, when you were eight, how your parents talked to you about food. I have one girl I work with who she was telling me like her parents didn't take care of her very well. So the neighbors kind of knew about it. So every time she would go over to her neighbor's house, they would just be like, eat whatever you want. And so because she knew she wouldn't eat at home, she gorged herself in the neighbor's house because she didn't know when her next meal would be. Right. But the thing is, if you never mend that relationship, like it served her when she was eight, but now she's like 38 and it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it, it no longer, that, 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 that needs to be fixed and mended. Otherwise, if you take those same food relationships to you at 30, not only do they not fit anymore, but it's not appropriate and it's going to keep you from getting to your goals. So a lot of this game is you got to really think about like where your relationships with food came from. You know, like the fact that it's 2020 and people still think carbs store fat or they're still, they hear their mom and they're the back of their head saying like, Oh no, you're going to get cellulite. You're going to get chunky. You're, you're becoming husky. You know, that's what I was called as a kid. I was called the Husky kid, right? I identified as, you know, the Husky kid. I was the garbage disposal is what my family used to call me. So that's the thing is as a kid, me personally, I was called Husky and I was called, and that, that was my identity, Jared, the Husky kid. But then I was also identified as the garbage disposal. So when we would go out to eat, I was full. But everyone else still had their leftovers and they're like, just give it to Jared. They're gar He's the garbage disposal. So you don't think that those issues around food didn't follow me to when I was a fucking adult? 
This is why it's very important to change your belief. Be aware of this, number one. Number two, um, change your and, and heal and mend that relationship. But the thing is, it takes time. Because just like a people relationship, if someone hurts your feelings on a very skin deep level, it's still going to take you time to, 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 to forgive them sometimes, to let it go. But imagine if like you had some big relationship issue or big, big, big issues. Like imagine if like your mom left you as a kid on the curb and just said, I don't want you anymore. And then fast forward 20 years and they're like, I want to be in your life now. You're, it's going to take a minute before you even trust her again. It's the same thing with food guys. Um, because with food relationship relationships, not, not only are they just like people relationships, but with baggage, it takes time. Healing takes time. If you break your leg and go to the doctor and he casts it up and it says, he's like, all right, eight months, you'll be good. And you're like, no doc, I need this done in two weeks. He's like, sorry, healing takes longer than that. Food relationships take longer. That's why you've got to view progress different. Okay. I was just talking to the mentorship group, the psychology of fat loss mentorship group about this the other day on one of our zoom calls. We, uh, and when we were talking about this and I, I mentioned that you got to change the view of progress. If you used to binge hardcore and now you binge less hard, that's progress. If you used to take three days to get back on track after falling off and now you can be back on track like that day, that's insane progress. Or if let's say you used to feel astronomical amounts of guilt from eating too much and now you just have a little guilt, that's still progress. So that's why because of how much baggage takes time and how not linear and how not normal progress is with it, you've got to be able to understand and view progress differently. Differently, Because um, here's the, the honest truth around food relationships. Healing has to happen. As corny as, and hippie-like as that sounds, you have to heal your relationships to, with food. Just like you have to heal your relationship with your mom that stepped down on you when you were a kid or the thing your dad said to you when you were little or whatever it is, or the boyfriend that broke up with you because of whatever he said, healing has to happen. Okay. And, and here's the thing. This is when you have to, you know, why you guys will see me talk about, I made a post about it. Like to one of the things that is my, one of my favorite ways to teach people how to fix their relationships with food is to take the foods that they were scared of and incorporate them in small doses every single day. And it slowly starts to heal that food relationship where it's like, oh, I guess I don't have to be scared of this anymore. Oh, I guess nothing bad does happen when I eat one Snickers bar. And what happens is doing that because your body in so many cases tells your mind what to think, right? Like, like you ever been scared to do something and then you go do something and it really isn't as bad as you thought. And then your mind chills the fuck out. Like the first time you ever flew, you were probably scared shitless. And then you're like scared, 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 scared. And you get up in the air and you're like, oh, I guess this isn't that bad because your body told your mind what to think. It's the same thing with this. Whereas if you've got all these relate bad relationships with food where you think carbs store fat or you think you shouldn't, you know, certain foods should elicit the emotions of guilt. Certain things are bad. Certain things are the equivalent of, you know, beating your child in the world of food. Like I've, I've heard some fucked up stories, guys, and that's the problem. So you have to, in spite of the fear, show up anyway and heal that relationship, which is uncomfortable. Right. It's why, you know, if, if I would, what I would do, and I have my, th my, my, my little system, what I use to help people to, to heal, the, to, to mend their food relationships is number one, you could write this down, get, get, have your house be a clean slate where I want you to get rid of, if you can, all the foods that, that you struggle with. I don't want to call something trigger foods because we'll get into that here in a second, but the foods that are triggering right now, because we're going to make it where they're not triggering, but, we need to get the foods out of the house first and foremost. Here's the issue. That's where most people stop. Most people get the foods out of the house and they're like, woo, yeah. And then they run into donuts 
out at Kroger or Walmart and then they're like, oh my gosh, or they go over to a cookout and there's food everywhere. They didn't fix the problem. They hit it, right? The problem was not fixed. So first step one is eliminate all the foods in the house that you struggle with. That way you don't like accidentally binge on everything. Okay. Then number two, I want you to go out and find where that sells small portions of whatever it is you struggle with. This might be bags of chips. This could be candy. This could be chocolate. This could be donuts. Cause here's the cool thing. When you, when companies sell single servings of stuff, the small bags of chips, bite-sized candy bars, whatever, their margins are fucking huge on it. So you can find literally anything you want in a bite size. You can literally go buy two Oreos and you don't have to buy a whole pack. You can go and buy one slice of pizza. You can buy one donut. And here's what I would do. You can go buy one little bag of chips from the vending machine. So then what I want you to do is this. After the house has been cleaned of the food, I want you to find that food that you struggle with and face it head on. I want you to go out and buy that food, a little single size serving of it every single day. Every single day. This does a couple things. Number one, it's not special anymore, right? If every time you've had that food, there's a crazy emotional response, it's another correlation to relationships. It's like your husband or, or spouse brings you home a present every day. Like imagine if your partner brought you home flowers every day instead of like a handful of times. It wouldn't be as special. You'd be like, oh, this is stupid. Okay, I get the point. You love me. I get it. Flowers are nice. You, you, it's, it's desensitized. Well, when you... Every time you have Cheetos, you freak the fuck out and smash the whole bag. You have that high emotional response. Well, now if you have a, a bite, a, a mini pack of, of Cheetos every day, it gets old. It's not exciting anymore. It's not, it's like, oh, I guess this is, it's not, it's not special anymore. But here's the other thing it tells you. Cause again, your body tells your mind what to think. Just like the first time you got on a plane, you were scared. And then you're like, oh, this isn't so bad. It's the same thing. If it's in your brain that that food is bad and it will make you store fat and you're scared of it and you eat it every day, number one, it proves to you you can eat it in moderation. Even though you don't have the whole family size bag and you have a small bag or whatever it is you're eating, it's proven to yourself, number one, you can eat in moderation because you ate it in moderation. Number two, when you lose weight doing that, something magic happens. And you, it's like someone snapped their fingers and you instantly get it because you lost weight eating the Snickers bar every day. You lost the weight eating a donut every day. You lost the weight eating a mini bag of Lay's potato chips every single day. And then it's like, oh... I get it. This isn't so bad. And that's what happens. It's really cool. So, and that, and that's the biggest part to fixing these relationships with food. Cause here's the other part, guys, this is the other one, write this one down. Your words matter a lot, just like with humans and people and food and real relationships, your words matter. Imagine for those of you that have a partner, imagine what happened would happen if your partner never said, I love you. You know, they're like, Oh no, you know, I love you. I don't have to say it. It's like, no, the words matter. And number two, imagine, imagine if, imagine just in a normal person, a normal conversation with a, with a person you have a relationship with, whether a friendship or a spousal or sexual or whatever. But imagine if that person just talked to you in a tone that they didn't give a shit about you. What if they're like, yeah, this is my buddy, Billy. This is my buddy, Sarah. This is my friend, Janice. And this is Bob. Just the tonality of and this is Bob. And it's a, it would make you feel different because words matter. So when you label foods, this is my trigger food. This is my donut. This is bad food. This is my struggle food. This is good food. This is bad food. This is awesome food, healthy food. This is my guilt food. This is the food that makes me feel terrible. This is the food that I feel guilty for. This, you see what I mean? Words matter. Quit fucking labeling foods good or bad. No food is a light switch on and off. 
Let me prove to you real quick. Guess what happens if you have a donut every single day in a calorie deficit? You'll do what I did and lost 30 and I lost 30 pounds. Okay. You know what happens if you eat your orga- organic grass fed fucking salad every single day with in 10,000 calorie uh, amounts? Cause I know a lot guys, not, I don't mean this disrespectful. I've coached fat vegans. Okay. If food quality was the, was the key to fat loss, there would be no overweight vegan, but your black bean burger, organic grass fed, gluten-free, non-GMO da, 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 still has calories. And again, I don't mean any disrespect by that. I'm telling you right now that healthy, it's just not a matter of eating quote unquote good or healthy or clean. Cause that's the thing guys think what's the verbiage clean, dirty, good, bad, healthy, unhealthy Monday through Friday food, cheat day food, fucking cheat day. You got, you're telling me that you're going to call something like, or even like when people say, well, this is my guilt free food. I'm like, wait, that means you have guilt food. You guys have to start auditing your verbiage around, around, around food. No wonder you're having so many issues with it. Does that make sense? Next part. I just have these bulleted. I kind of talked about it already. Are you making things special? Are you eliminating Snickers bar from your diet because you're on a diet? Are you stopping drinking wine because you're being good? Which would insinuate drinking wine would be being bad. Do you see what I mean? When you make these little things special, no wonder you struggle with them. You know what happens if I bring a, a brand new toy home to my dogs and I put it on the fridge? They fucking stare at it and salivate over it. And guess what? Then they fight over it. But you know what happens if I bring home a toy and I throw three of them on the floor and don't act like anything? They don't care about them. And this is one thing I suggest with how you start treating food as well. Next, I'm trying to keep this on the shorter side. I know I'm almost 20 minutes in. Just like a normal relationship, because my whole point, guys, with all of this is how much food relationships are like people relationships. Here's the big one. This might make you audit your people relationships. You shouldn't have crazy anxiety. Think about it. A good friendship, a good partnership, spousal, boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, it should not be it should not be anxiety ridden on being being having a relationship with somebody. Guys, I'm telling you, my relationship with Shelby, my wife, is like the best thing ever. It's anything but anxiety filled. It's nothing but love and abundant and positive and happy. Don't get me wrong, yeah, we go through our shit, but like our relationship is amazing. And it's like, if someone says, Jared, does your marriage give you anxiety? I'm like, no, it takes away anxiety. It's the same thing with your food relationship should not cause anxiety. They should relieve anxiety. To be totally free around food where you know no food is going to store fat, where you know no food is bad, where you know no food is good, where you know you don't have to deprive yourself, that should be freeing. That should relieve anxiety. But the issue is that's not where most people are at. How, how do, that's a big sign. If you know you have ill relationships with food, if it causes you copious amounts of anxiety, or if you have to start your, or if someone says you're, that they ask what kind of diet you're on and you start the sentence with, well, I can't have, duh, 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 duh. this is the issue. Again, verbiage matters. When you demonize certain foods, of course you're going to struggle with them. And then the last part, this is a huge one. I was just talking with a, one of my online coaching girls about this today. When you have just like a toxic relationship with a friend, if you have current issues around food and there's some not very good relationships yet, you might have to put boundaries around food. Okay. Let me give you an example. I won't say her name. One of my girls, she uh, is in a fat loss phase with me. She's, she's losing weight, but she's also a baker. She bakes cookies, cakes, and ice and like, like treats, which means she has to taste them. But she's like, Jared, that's where my downfall is. I know I can enjoy stuff in moderation, but what I'll do is I'll go to like taste the icing I made 
And then I'm like, oh, I don't need to track it. And then that was, that was the hair that broke the St. Camel's back. And she goes into a, a crazy spiral where she just binges and falls off the wagon. I said, well, right. There's the issue then because you're letting your standard down, right? If you have, if you're, because like in her situation, that's kind of complex. She is fixing her food, her food relationships, trying to lose weight and as a baker. So like, that's a lot of stuff going on. That's a lot of moving parts, so to speak. So one thing I told her, I said, since we're working on your relationships with food, we need to have just like ill relationships with, um, with a, a parent or a, or a sibling, you might have to put boundaries around it. So for her, I said, if you're going to do that, your new boundary is you track everything. So if you dip your finger in the icing and taste it, you put down 10 calories. It's, it's things like that. You guys have to understand when you are struggling with a relationship, boundaries are your best friend. Write that down. When you are struggling with a relationship with people or food, boundaries are your best friend. What do you think I did, guys, when I told you I want you to eliminate all the foods that are triggering out of the house, and then I want you to go get one small snack serving size every single day? I gave you two massive fucking boundaries. And what happens just like with people, as the relationship gets better, boundaries start to go away. Less rigid boundaries. You see what I mean? It's just like if your mom left you and came into your life 20 years later, you would probably put boundaries up. You would say, all right, we can talk, but you're probably are, are, are going to have a list of things you won't talk with her about. You'll, and you're going to slowly ease her back into your life. It's the exact same thing with food guys. So it's okay to have boundaries, but not so much where you're like, no, donuts are bad. Never having them again. Again, it goes back to like even your verbiage, right? That's a boundary. I'm saying, quit saying foods are bad. Quit having cheat food. Quit having unhealthy, bad. Like it's all that's all contextual, guys. So I hope this helps. This is like, you know, food relationships 101. It's just this is kind of like the kindergarten level. So, but again, the goals of this stuff is to be super simple. And I don't want this to be overwhelming for you. So I hope this helped. And along these lines, guys, keep your eye out. Be sure to turn on my post notifications on my social medias. Get on my email list. It's The link is below if you're not already. Be connected with me because I have something in this realm getting ready to come out probably in the next couple of weeks, and it's going to be awesome. So I hope this helps. I love you. I'll talk to you later.